let's let's start. Should we do we want to start positive or negative? You want to get Mike out of the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone got any opinions? Because I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 20 of the SSFL podcast. We are just through week two. Been a big week. Tony, 2-0. Oh. How's it feel? Get it out. Um, no, it, it feels good. Eric? Uh, you're 1-1, one one, right? No. Oh, no. How's it going? Uh, huge win for the Eagles tonight. Yeah. That's a, that's a silver lining. Had a lot of fun watching. And Kevin? How's it going? Feeling uh, the same as last week, not getting too high, not getting too low. A spike week for the team, but, you know, not getting too high, not too low. Nice to see this early in the season. little reassurance after last week? No, I, I didn't need any. Like I said, I was fine with how everything went last week, but it's it's nice to win one, but we're looking forward to next week to prove that week two was really, uh, you know, our, our form and not week one. Good. Glad to see it. I'm coming in hot this week. I've actually been holding this in since Thursday and just, it's got worse. So it's fourth and two. You're on their 30 yard line. It's the start of, it's the opening drive of the game. Score is zero, zero. And you kick a field goal. Why? I hate the NFL. I hate how afraid all of these coaches are of running the ball on fourth down and fourth and short. It's just like, it's just ridiculous. And like the like little Amazon like next generation stats pops up and it's like, oh, run run plays are like 75% and passes are 67% from like fourth and short. And the 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 whoever's calling the game is like, oh, you know, if you're into stats, those are numbers. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, you guys? Like those are really good numbers. I think they ended up losing the game by three, which is like, you know, poetic. it's obviously a whole different game if they score a touchdown there, but like it is poetic and it just like, I just don't understand. I, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Obviously I agree too. It's super frustrating to watch, especially if it's your team. I assume this is the chiefs that you're talking about. No, it was actually chargers. the chargers. Yeah, it was the chargers that then no, but Andy Reid did it later in the game too. Hmm. We uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a big coward seminar of that game. It's not even, like, that it was my team. It's just the, like, it's it's wild to me how much money, and, like, for whatever reason, they kept cutting to the Chargers, like, the offensive, like, the guys up in the booth with the, like, iPads, and they kept cutting them, and I'm looking at these guys, like, these guys probably, like, they pay these guys, like, a million dollars total to have a room Millions. full of eggheads. Yeah. And these guys are like, yeah, you should just kick the ball. Like, 67%? No, we don't want that. Like, it's absurd to me. It's It's just, like... Some ways that football is like, you know, it's the old farts and money ball all being like, rah, 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 we need a new, mm-hmm. what's his face? I don't know anything about baseball, but it's just like, it just, uh, it's absurd. The amount of money that they sink into things and then just be like so blatantly wrong about something so simple. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And the, the funny, the weird thing about the Chargers is that Brandon Staley last year was like one of the guys who uh, like went for it on fourth down often and was kind of like breaking the mold into like in in, in kind of like introducing the NFL 
to that more like aggressive analytics approach. And then for some reason this year, he, I don't know if he got like a stern talking to by the owner or something, but like he is ultra conservative all of a sudden. And it, it's very strange. So I don't really like, you know, have anywhere to go with this. And I realize this is a little bit of preaching to the choir on this podcast. Cause we have covered this before, but I just like, it really stuck out to me this week. Well, I, it, I thought it was really weird, Brennan. I think we were texting about it. I think it was like the first drive that the Chargers had, and they kicked a field goal in like the 10 or 11-yard line or something on like fourth and one or fourth and two. And like Anthony said, like Staley sort of made his name as like a guy that was going for it, especially with the way Herbert was dealing. So for them to kick that like in Arrowhead for like such a divisional game seems very like old school football, like take the points on the road, get the season started off. Right. <laughs> As opposed to like, Hey, this is Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. And we ended up losing by, you know, three points. So that extra four, you know, could have helped. I think Kevin, at one point you made a good, uh, we were talking and you said like, it's way more exciting when teams run the ball on fourth and two, too. I don't know how you change that, but like, it seems like it's in the NFL's best interest to kind of like, push all these old fucks forward and get them to start uh, running the ball. Yeah. Well, the threat of them like going forward on fourth down, even if it's on the other teams, like 38 or whatever it is, it's way more threatening than a drive starting on their nine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that can be sort of like boring, long football games to watch. And I mean, I think we're spoiled. I, I personally, anyways, I am being later to the NFL because it's always been sort of the whole pass heavy, but uh, yeah, going forward on fourth down, it definitely ups the entertainment factor. Do you think there's a certain amount, too, of coaches overrating how automatic their kicker is, but not being willing yes. to trust their offense? 100%. That's a yeah, good point. Yeah, no, they, they think like uh, they think like a 45-yard field goal is like automatic when like it's not. <laughs> we had like quite a few misses. Uh, at mm -hmm. least week one, we had a whole bunch of like really ridiculous misses, right? Uh, the Colts dropped their kicker. <laughs> Did they really? Goggles. No more goggles. Yeah. Oh, man. Because I was all excited that I had uh, I had a good name for him, and then they dropped him. I was like, fuck, I need a new kicker. Yeah, they really didn't consider you when they did that. That was kind of selfish of them. Yeah, well, they should have talked to me. On, on that topic, actually, in the Broncos-Texans game, we witnessed history. Um, if you follow the surrender index, the Broncos had a 100th percentile. Well, sorry, 100th percentile this season. 99th. 99.9 percentile punt in terms of cowards and cowardliness i guess is the cowardice? measure yeah cowardness since like 1997 it was like the war like the most cowardly punt in the last 20 years um it just i mean what else can i say broncos country that's right <laughs> it's possible we're gonna look back on that game and note week two uh texans broncos as the worst coaching matchup in the history of the nfl oh God, that was so painful. <laughs> they called it like the the field goal bowl or something at one point <laughs> on Red Zone, and I was just like, this is perfect. It's perfect. So moving over into fantasy land, should we slide into a little uh, post-week analysis? Yeah. Where are we starting? Let's let's start. Should we do we want to start positive or negative? You want to get Mike out of the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone got any opinions? Because I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can only go up from here. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> um, 
no, despicable. Uh, week two, I had the under for the record, and it was set at two and a half on uh, weeks until my actual <laughs> fuck ups that would actually cost the league something. Um, I was uh, in a different country, and I'm still present for this league, Mike. So I don't care if you're in Mexico and there's a pelican stealing everybody's food in the pool. Pete the pelican. It gets kicked out of the resort. It comes back. I don't care what the reason is. Despicable. The Gabe Davis, too. Awful. You know what the best part is? Is that he is clearly very afraid of getting made fun of and just keeps coming back for Not it. afraid enough, apparently. <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear how it's everybody else's fault, though. I'm, I'm very curious to see how he's going to spin this he, one. He made it sound, he's like, oh, I've been traveling for 10 hours. It's like, yeah, but you're on vacation in Mexico. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Also, you same know. time zone. <laughs> yeah. It's a long I, flight. Did it turn around halfway? Also, he was healthy yesterday is just straight up not true. So <laughs> I, <laughs> Kyle Kyle really like wanted to give him the W too. Like Matthew, warm glass of water with lemon is just he's run his course. <laughs> Wait, who are we talking about? Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony's got a soundboard. Uh, yeah. That's happening. The hell was that last one? You don't remember episode one of the SSFL podcast? <laughs> episode two. Oh. Play it again. Matt Ryan is wonder bar. It's a German broadcast of Matt Ryan throwing a terrible interception and then getting stiff-armed <laughs> into oblivion <laughs> by a D-lineman. Matt Ryan! <laughs> All right. It's like, 20, it's like 25 seconds long. I just clip the matt ryan part but you should, it is worth a watch you just youtube matt ryan german broadcast you'll find it so i think the uh underrated part of the mike not starting a wide receiver tonight is that we made this new rule that if you start an inactive you can sub somebody in and the joke was this was a rule for mike he managed to do it on the one monday night where there was actually another game he could have subbed somebody in and he still <laughs> yeah, fucked it up i know <laughs> Didn't Kevin say something last week, too, about is anyone going to tell Mike there's two games? (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. It really is. I was thinking about that, too, because it was the... And that game was the game that started first. So he had, like, an hour to really, like, to be like, oh, shit, I'll pick someone up and start. Could have started Quez Watkins, and he probably would have (laughs) won. Oh, man. Or he could have just, you know, started T. Higgins, because... Like, you found out that Gabe Davis probably wasn't going to play on Saturday. And then he would have won as well. But um, what are you going to do? Switching it over to the positive side. I think uh, Tony said it, but James Kenny this week might be one of the like all-time SSFL matchups. Just sweaty until the very end. Yeah, it looked like super in favor of James. And then the um, that game turned into a blowout. And it turned into a blowout because of the pick six by the Bills defense, which Kenny had. So then he got those points, plus that made it so Josh Island was not going to play the fourth quarter because it was such a blowout. And then he still had Delvin Cook to play. So, like, it was crazy. It looked like it was close, and then it looked like it was over, and then there was, like, a glimmer of hope on that pick six. But the Vikings proved... um, just to come up small in primetime. Captain Kirk, what are you going to do? Vikings very quiet. Mm-hmm. 
I get a lot of joy out of the Eagles beating the Vikings for some reason. It's one of those like, <laughs> you know, I don't think they think of it as a rivalry, but in my head, the Vikings are one of my favorite teams for the Eagles to beat, dating back mm-hmm. to the uh, NFC Championship in 2017 when the Eagles won by like 50 and the Eagles fans started doing the Foles clap. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that having the Chiefs uh, win on Thursday and then see the Vikings just get absolutely smacked down uh, did make the sting of Shar talking shit just a little <laughs> it hurt a little less. So, you know, gotta take those edges where you can. Brendan, do we want to talk about your missing fab? Like, are you have you figured out where it went yet? Have you put out like milk cartons and whatnot? Or uh, wait, I what thought happened? this was the second thing that you were gonna make fun of me for and not the wait, first. Brendan's missing fab? I spent a bunch of agent budgets like just disappeared overnight. I think someone stole it, possibly Taysom Hill. Oh, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some numbers. Are we going right into the Fab thing? Are we done? You're not even gonna talk about the fact that I fucked up and benched Amari Cooper and it cost. I think me. that's less egregious, actually. Less egregious? Okay, I'm gonna give you some numbers. Just just guess guess what they are. <laughs> Twelve, fifty, twenty. I would guess they are less than the number of Fab you spent on Taysom Hill. They no. are. I'm gonna hold on. Are those uh, teams last year that had that amount of fab left over? That is the average fab left over by teams for the last three years in Sleeper. Notably, all but one of those years, I had leftover money. Okay, but like, isn't that, is that a really good way to do it? Because there's like two people, two managers in our league that have like 95 fab at the end of the year. So, Yeah. But most people, most people have some fab left over. We've talked about multiple times that week one is where most people spend their money. Mm. And I know for myself that I spend almost all of my fab in like the first four weeks. And then I just like You're stream, off to a good start. stream defenses and kickers. <laughs> it doesn't matter though. Like I have never in fantasy football been in a position where I'm like, oh shit, I wish I had more fab. Which, like, yeah, that's probably means that I could do better at something. But, like, yeah, I'm not going to change. And so I might as well just spend it. And like, That's growth, actually. <laughs> Recognizing where you're not going to change and saying I got to go with it. Yeah. I recognize the hell out of that. And, like, yeah, the $28 on whatever Carson Wentz, A, I was, like, pretty sure it was going to fail. And, B, like, if you're going to gonna do a bit, commit to the bit. Uh, I actually respect the bit more than I respect, like, on Taysom Hill. Like, did you really think anyone else was going to bid on Taysom Hill, realistically? It just doesn't matter. It does matter. This is the thing. It doesn't matter if you end up with... It doesn't matter if you end the season with 100 fab. The point is, like, you're keeping it as long as you can, looking for that opportunity to spend all of it on somebody that will change your team for the year. Yeah, I've just never been in that position. That's because you spend all your fab in week one. (laughs) I've never been outbid on a player and been like, oh, I wish I spent more on them. That's fair. And I mean, Is that why you started at 30? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you like, also want to clarify the only reason you didn't get Wentz at $28? Because I spent more money on someone else oh, and dropped you, the same yeah, player. Yeah, same player. Yeah, because yeah, you had no more roster spots. I had a bit <laughs> no, of that was intentional. Oh, okay. Thank you, then. I had set it up so that I wouldn't get Wentz. I just wanted the dollar amount to go through. That was completely oh, intentional. I see that. 
That makes sense. You're welcome, though, because I took them from you, so it makes me look smart. <laughs> it would never have resolved. It didn't matter. I mean, it would have resolved if the other people had you gotten that bit on the other ones. Yeah. Which I didn't because I spent a bunch of money on them, which you guys are trying to make fun of me for. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like regardless of which way that would have went down, that's you would have fair. made fun of me. I respect yes. that. Yes, that's, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are like, haha, you don't play it correctly, but like, it seems like I have, so. I mean, okay. Right. I, okay. I mean, <laughs> Curtis Samuel looks like a good pickup. You can't, like, yeah, he does. Can't be mad about third, that. Third option in that offense. That's the one I replaced with uh, Galloway Day, too. Not that it really matters. I mean, I, whatever I dropped for who. Galloway? You mean Cooper? Or are you talking about who you dropped or who you benched? Because the, we should we should move on to um, the uh, Amari Cooper situation. Yeah. I won't lie. I had some real life stuff keeping me busy. Um, but that's really not an excuse, really. What it is is that I listened... <laughs> to some shitty NFL articles and they were wrong and I got in my head and I should have just done the level zero play. The real question is, are you going to play him next week against Pittsburgh? Yeah. Hmm. I, oh, wow. That's a tough matchup. I don't yeah. know if I would. He just scored, man. He's not going to do it again. Yeah. I know what you're both doing and I hate that it's working. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I did this with Mike Gesicki last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Where if you just keep switching him in and out, like you're just setting yourself up to have a bad time. Yeah, I did it with Amari Cooper last year and it was a bad time. <laughs> I think you said that last week. I hate fantasy football. Um, is that, um, I think there's only really two nominations um, for the first ever Stinker Tinker Award. Um, it's either Amari Cooper or it's Harsh's benching the Bucks defense. I vote Harsh. <laughs> so both of those decisions cost um, their respective managers the game. Harsh benched the Bucks defense for the Bengals, who he picked up, who I was looking at picking up and playing. I went with the Steelers instead. Both ended up being terrible pickups, but um, he benched the Buccaneers against Jameis Winston, um, and they scored 24 points, and he lost by less than that. So, I don't know. What's worse, that or Amari Cooper? I can't imagine having the Bucks defense. Dra- he drafted the Bucks defense, didn't yep. he? Yeah. So, you know, I might be a little biased, but I- honestly, I hadn't noticed this, and it makes me feel better about doing mine. So, thanks, Harsh. I do vote Harsh because I think there is a strong case for um, what happened in week one with the Browns that Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett were just not... Yeah. just didn't have it and so that's fine um but you know picking up a defense off the waiver wire rostering the other defense and then playing that defense you picked up and then having that be the difference is i don't know i feel like that's overthinking it that's getting way too cute. i'm gonna step in and defend harsh here because that team was in the super bowl last year and was playing cooper rush so i respect that i respect that matchup play At the end of the day his his original defense was playing Javis Winston, so he wasn't like hurting for a matchup. Yeah. Well, one of them had an NFL job last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or starting job, sorry. Let's let's take a vote. I vote harsh. We have four people. This is fundamentally flawed. I vote harsh. Uh, I vote for my honorable mention, which is Justin. For st- mm. he and I had a little conversation at the draft about 
how excited we were for the Eagles defense, and we were both planning on drafting them. But, of course, he picked earlier than me in the second-to-last round. He took the Eagles defense for me. And then he didn't even have the Cajones to start the Eagles defense against Minnesota on Monday night. And instead, he picked up the Patriots defense. It didn't cost him the game, but it cost him a lot of respect in the eyes of the other Eagles fan in this league. So that's my vote. Well, you know, respect of Eagles fans are very... Very good, uh, good thing to have. So you know, hard to get that respect. We booed Santa. Yeah, it's always sunny there. I hear. I guess Harsh wins the uh, first ever Stinker Tinker Award. Congratulations, Harsh! Don't overthink it next time. What about the? Uh, what's the start of the week? What's like the lineup decision? The lineup Nirvana of the week. I have a couple of nominations. I'm gonna give credit to Kevin here. I crunched some numbers, and so he went with, he was texting me kind of in the weeks leading up to Sunday, whether he was going back and forth, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, you know, because a lot of Tom Brady's weapons were hurt, but then Mike Evans kind of was going to play, he was going back and forth, he went with Carson Wentz. It ended up mattering by a very narrow margin. So the difference between Tom Brady and Carson Wentz was 22.38 fantasy points. And Kevin won his matchup by 22.26 fantasy points. So, I mean, props. <laughs> that would have been pretty devastating, even having that much of a lead, because the only two players he had left, I think, were Aaron Jones and Jalen Hurts, who both put up like 30-some points, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Packers D. So, yeah, that would have been. I, a, I was keeping yeah. an, my eye on that, and then I, st- I wasn't really watching the end of the game. Um, but... I didn't realize it ended up being like the actual difference. So yeah, I'm glad because I was very nervous about it. I saw that Evans and Julio the night before were like scheduled to play or like expected to play. And I was like, man, if they both play, I probably have to play Brady. I just, I, I was like, I talk about this every week. Like I can't look you guys in the eyes. And <laughs> so I was also super nervous about that. And then at halftime, like both of those games were hot garbage. Like they both had Brady and Wentz, I think at like two point something points. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, it's an interesting offense with uh, like Samuel and Dotson and uh, McLaurin and Gibson. So I'm essentially double down on two offenses right now. It worked out so far, but I am a little bit nervous how much exposure I have with both of them. My shoutouts are maybe just like way too early reactions to the draft, but I think two wide receivers that have made their team's matchups a lot less sweaty than they need to be is Amon Ross St. Brown for mm. Tyler and Jalen Waddle for Tony. Yeah. Also, best dance in the yeah, NFL. It is. I, they both went late. And mm. in a big block of just other shit mix of receivers. It's also interesting because they're kind of similar players, too. They're both like these smaller, very fast slot receivers um, that just get a bunch of targets and... Um, they're like young guys, but they're just proving that they're just really, really good. So, yeah. I think you know. both of them also have the the case against them was never about their own talent. The case against them was about their quarterback and the offense's talent. Mm. Um, and yeah. so it's one of those, like, do you trust the talent of the quarterback or do you trust that the wide receiver can can raise their own game enough that it doesn't matter? And I think with both of them, you're seeing that. Like Jalen Waddle's huge run down the sideline was way more about Jalen Waddle than it was about Tua. You're not a believer in Tuanon? <laughs> I think Tuanon is one of the better Twitter uh, things that's ever happened. 
All you have to do is flip them around. We are, we're all just biased against left-handed people. Yep. Yeah, I actually thought it was interesting. I thought it looked way different with him throwing mirrored. If you don't, for those listening at home, there's someone on Twitter just flipped, like mirror-imaged um, a bunch of highlights from the Dolphins and Ravens game. So Tua becomes right-handed and Lamar Jackson becomes left-handed. Um, and it just looks different. It looks strange. I think the uh, only other nominee I could find for this award was Sherry R starting Drake London this week over Damian Pierce. Um, it's not like crazy because Damian Pierce didn't look like he had the lineup or the back of the lockdown last week. But, you know, going away from guys you drafted in the fifth round in only week two to start somebody you drafted much later. And it was the difference in the matchup with Brendan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I didn't start. notice that one. one. Good pickup. Yeah. Hmm. That those are both very good options. I actually don't know now. I didn't even notice the the Sherry R one. I think Carson Wentz is way way bolder than yeah yeah. Okay, we joked last week about Carson Wentz and like what are the chances that he runs that back or even like comes close to it? That offense is suddenly cooking with a little bit of gas. So also, Kevin yeah. was the only one that put in a bid after we all joked about it. Me, so. Euro dollars, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're rich. <laughs> oh, congratulations, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a tough year last year, so I appreciate all the acknowledgement. Thank you, everybody. I was ready to come in hot with a joke about Mike never having to spend any fab and uh, bolstering all the numbers. And he was below 80 for two seasons. Oh, so, wow. how are you, Mike? Nice. Not Good sure point. where it went, but... <laughs> That's like a weird number because that's like it shows that he understands that fab exists, but that he doesn't spend enough of it for it to matter. So it's kind of like this weird like no man's land. It's like, then what are you spending your fab on? My assumption is that it was like, oh, I need a quarterback on my bye week. I'll spend seven yeah. or just like, you know, like, yeah. oh, I need mm-hmm. a defense. I'll spend two and just like, you know, little chipping away at it. He didn't spend $37 on Curtis Samuel, though. <laughs> We got a couple of teams surprisingly 0-2. Dion, Harsh, and Brandon. Kind of, yeah. you know, uh, good pedigree there in terms of being successful SSFL franchises for the most part okay. off to rough starts. So I appreciate the uh, what, very Kevin, clear you... slight against my own team, winningest <laughs> team in the history of the SSFL. Eric, are you also 0-2? Don't pretend oh, like sorry. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, I actually didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Well, I'll add that Eric to the list. Wh- which team are we, as it says in the show notes here, DEFCON 5 on? Which one do you feel the worst about? Who are you panicking about? Or who should be panicking? It's between Brandon and Harsh because they play each other next week. So one of them is oh, 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 oh. oh, shit. Nice pickup, Kevin. Kevin on the ground doing the reporting. <laughs> and Dion play each other yeah, well, next it, week it, it involves Harsh and Misery this oh, year. Oh, my God. Whoa. We have oh. all the 0-2 teams play each other? Who made nice. the schedule? cornered Animal Games. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, well, let's let's start with Eric. How are you feeling? Okay, so I feel like my problem last year was that I had a whole team full of like wide receiver twos and running back twos, which are like too good to drop, but not ever winning me weeks. Like as in like DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman last year were all in that like 
wide receiver 12 to 16 range every single week, which was super irritating. And I have a fear that I have drafted the same-ish team again. <laughs> oh, it's funny, as you were saying that, I'm looking at your team, I'm like, oh, it looks like that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got Juju, you're fine. It'll be, I'm sure he'll bounce back. I think there might be a little lineup change next year, or next week, we'll see. Devontae Smith or uh, Jacoby Myers might need to make an appearance in the starting lineup. Juju Smith-Schuster has been shot. How, okay, I I hate that this is becoming a meme. No, I don't, I love it. Nick Chubb put up 30 points last week. I can't believe you guys think he sucks. Like, you guys are idiots. (laughs) How how good do you think his points are? Like, how, how does he play? He's Pittsburgh next week. On Thursday night, too. Oh, you get a running back matchup. Um, mm. Harris versus Chubb. That's always interesting on Thursday night. What I'm getting at is, like, Dion's team seems very dependent on a couple players. And just mm-hmm. to be clear, unless I'm reading this wrong, Eric and Dion also play each other next week, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. Eric? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's spicy. I hate Dion's team now. Why is that? Uh, Rashad Penny mostly, and Darnell Mooney has literally four yards passing, like receiving this year. Mm. It's not good. His his wide receivers are unbelievable, but everything else other than Chubb is less than desirable. Yeah, Mostert on the bench might be someone he can start now. It looks like he maybe took over the role there a little bit. That could be valuable for him. It's true. Um, I don't know. I think it's a fairly solid team, actually. Um, I'm kind of. I would not be worried about Dion's team if I were Dion and I were zero and two. I would not be concerned. Now, if I get to zero and three, depending on how that happens, I would start to be concerned. I would be much more concerned with Eric's team being zero and two for all the reasons he just said. Like the guys you drafted to be those like big boom guys, like Harris and then Brees Hall. Um, and even Javante Williams to an extent, because that offense has been so mm-hmm. bad. Uh, those are your first three picks, right? And they've just been like, like you said, just three RB2s. Yep. Yeah, and like, to be fair, when I drafted my team, I knew the way that I had drafted my team, it was like a, I need to be patient and wait and see mm-hmm. because I drafted so many <laughs> rookies. And I like, coming out of the draft, I was like giving myself a pep talk on the way home. Like, <laughs> don't drop all your guys, don't drop all your guys. And but you know, you can only wait and see for so long before you're like out of the playoffs. So I th- uh... I think the kids call that copium now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I got I need like Javante Williams on a talent basis, I would still say is like a top five talent running back in the NFL. Or at least like Agreed. could be that if given the opportunity. But just it's only going to get like 60% of the carries in the way that the lineup is currently constructed. Brees Hall did look better last week in terms of getting the lion's share of the early work, but like the team is terrible. Yeah. The the Thursday night matchup will be very, very indicative of how this goes. Yep. Totally. I think that's all very fair. Moving on to the other 0-2 teams, Brandon playing Harsh. Oh man. Harsh has scored points and I, I look at his team and I don't think it's bad. McCaffrey's been disappointing, but Hill and Kirk have been really good. I guess, yeah, Russell and McCaffrey really dragging his team down. That's what it feels like to me. 
I would be concerned if I were Harsh. Actually, I changed my mind. I'm looking at his roster. <laughs> I am concerned. Really? I, I love Harsh's team still. I think it's incredible. I think he has four running backs I would like to have on my team. And I think Tyreek Hill looks awesome and Christian Kirk looks awesome. Like I think Harsh's team is really good. I'm scared for Brandon's team, I think, is where I'm landing on this. So, okay, let's say it's Tuesday. George Kittle practices. Wednesday, George Kittle practices. Do you start him for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I do. It'll be pretty clear, I think. I don't think there's... Uh, that makes me so nervous. No, if he plays, he plays. Like, he won't be like a decoy. They don't do that with him. No, I'm not worried about him being a decoy. I'm worried about him, like, them wanting to, like, ease him into it. No, like, that's what I mean. Like, if, if he plays, they will play him 100%. They literally can't hold him back from himself the way he plays football. Yeah, yeah. And they know that about him. And what if he just walks out there and gets re-injured on, like, the first down? I mean, like, that can happen with anyone. Fit his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just looking at, you know, Brandon's points from this week, making those kind of risks where it's like, oh, this player might score zero points is, like, a lot scarier when you're 0-2 in a caged animal mm. matchup. And you had a reasonable uh, tight end start this week. Yeah. Actually, I, I agree with Eric. I changed my mind. I'm I'm more concerned with Brandon's team. Yeah, outside of Aaron Jones, he doesn't have like a clear running back that's going to touch the ball, which is a huge concern in in our in our league. Yeah. Also, Aaron Jones getting the disrespect flex uh, spot is uh, motivated him. Yeah, it worked. I guess it's not a disrespect flex spot. It's uh, Brandon is good at fantasy and puts people in flex yes. who play later. Yeah. Mm. See, Mike, you can do that when you start players. <laughs> yeah, the little red O means you should get him the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's just collecting all them on his bench. It's true, though. Brandon has a decision to be made at running back. I guess Michael Carter has been somewhat productive, actually. Chase Edmonds has been um, a wholesale bust up to this point. I think we can all agree his nickname didn't help. I kind of like, like it. it a lot. I love it. I, I hate that I can hear it in the voice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You've got Tony Pollard sitting on his bench with the name The Future. Like, is the future now? Mm. Tony Pollard will never be the future. The future's been there for about four years. I don't think. <laughs> that is fascinating development, though. Um, all yeah. own two teams playing each other. Is this going to be a Monday night sweat game? Are there any Monday nighters here? No, this is going to be settled on Sunday. That's the way you like to see it. Mm -hmm. I will be watching Brandon's tight end spot on uh, Sunday morning. I think that's an interesting decision. It'll be decided in the Sunday night game. Niners, Broncos, Harsh has Russell and Albert Anukalu, and Brandon potentially has George Kittle. Are you looking forward to your Niners... uh... Just walking all over the Broncos in the Sunday night game. That would be really nice. Yeah, Only one person is not going to walk all over him. Oh, that is mean. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I didn't do it. <laughs> I want to acknowledge that we had, or well, not we, Kevin and Tony had like a two-hour-long messenger argument about the 49ers quarterback spot and it ended up being like fine i guess we'll see what happens on sunday 
And then 12 minutes in, Trey Lance's ankles point in the wrong direction, and <laughs> none of it matters. And all of our content is just gone. I think I wouldn't sum it up exactly like that. It was more about like whether it was hurting Trey Lance that Jimmy G was still around. And I think you could sum up the argument as Kevin and I believe that mental health is health, and Tony over here thinks people need to suck it up. Dr. Tony. So... Yeah, and Eric, Eric did Anthony a favor, took out a lot of colorful language that might have been acceptable in the late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> regarding it. But... Did you see the Jimmy G, someone tweeted about the money he stands to make this year now that he's starting? Yeah, he gets it's a like, big contract bonus, right? Well, he gets like so many dollars per start, and then if mm. it wins, it gets bumped up by like 50%. It's like... 5.3 million or either 53 or 5.3 i don't remember anyway dude's gonna make a lot of money if he starts the rest of the season for them the only well, number i saw was that he gets 250k for every game that he takes 25 percent or more of the snaps which is the next 15 games mm-hmm. and it's 350 I mean, if they win god willing mm-hmm. but god will <laughs> two weeks in i know I, I don't know what to make of that statement but Okay, two and O teams. Let's talk. I was I was all fired up to talk about Mike and Anthony two and O next week, and then Mike went and completely botches it. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. I had so much I wanted to talk about. I'm going to be setting so many alarms for Mike to remind him to set his fucking lineup next week. Sounds like collusion to me. If we had live odds for the Pronley and for the championship, how hard did they swing in Mike's favor just after that play for like, you know, the voters confidence, (laughs) the money comes in on one side and affects the line. He might be the only one in the minus right now is all I'm saying. It's too funny. Um, Two and O teams. I am going to look forward to being wrong, but like Kyle's just, sneaking by every time here right like he scored 83 points mm. and 40 38 of those 83 points were the <laughs> same player <laughs> he had a big week in week one yeah but yeah eric called it he said stefan diggs and Devonte adams will win kyle some weeks and it happened who's kyle playing next Ooh. week me ready. oh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be picking up some quarterbacks this morning <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jimmy G waiver wire. Uh, Kyle's got it's actually yeah. extra fun because Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan <laughs> is playing against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. So you got the quarterback on quarterback matchup there. Extra spice. I feel like if if Kyle starts Matt Ryan, he is um, on something. Yeah, I sincerely hope Kyle starts Matt Ryan. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, no, but I, I agree. I think Kyle's team leaning more towards being a fraud. Although we don't know the J.K. Dobbins bit of a wild card. So what is the if he ever plays? What is the Damian Harris situation? Because Kyle also That's, has Ramondre uh, Stevenson ready to go. I think he's fine. He was pretty adamant about that in his little press conference. Okay. Sorry, I'm just picking up all the quarterbacks that Kyle might start instead of Matt Ryan. <laughs> How much Fabian spend on them? Do you have enough left to be able to keep him out of it? Or <laughs> um, other two and O teams, uh, Tyler. I, I think we talked about this before. Tyler's team is pretty good. 
It's very yeah. good. Yep. I, yeah, I believe. I believe in that too. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I already hyped up the Amon Ra, Saint yeah. Brown. Um, I mean, two lions, and they're both great. I don't know when the last time like the lions had two like, you know, number ones at their respective positions. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. times are changing. So I don't mean this as like just to continue to bury somebody, but has Kyle ever made playoffs in SSFL? I don't believe so. Okay, he's my my second favorite team then for this year. Just the underdog story is too good. I know Tyler also has only made playoffs once. Had a very good team the year that he made playoffs. So it would just be neat to see both of these teams facing off in the first round or something, you know, or ideally in a in a, a tiebreaker week game with one of them making it in and one of them going home. Add another name to the trophy that's not Kevin Tate. All right. <laughs> Drive by. I'm finally <laughs> win a week. <laughs> Final two and O team. Um, yours truly. Fuck off. Justin's two and O, isn't he? Or did he end up losing? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Let's talk about Justin's team first. The notorious BCGs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to reiterate that someone on Twitter pointed out that Kyler Murray runs like a toddler who's stolen his parents' phone, and it's just. <laughs> It's the best. I, I can't unsee it. I love it. Uh, that that was um that was a wacky game, that Raiders Cardinals game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was super wacky. One of the more frustrating afternoons in my fantasy football history. <laughs> yeah. I think Saquon kind of like regressed to the mean a little. Yep. Which like are we surprised about? No. He managed to squeak out a win with Kamara Hurt, so mm-hmm. I mean that's always nice. Yeah, his team's pretty solid. I mean, I, I think Rashad Bateman is good. I think that was coming into the year. I remember asking, like, how good is Rashad Bateman? Turns out he's, like, really, really fast at the at the very least. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say Justin's team is a worthy 2-0. Kevin, who are you going with at quarterback against Justin next week? You've got Carson Wentz going up against the absolutely stout Philadelphia Eagles defense in a, in a Carson Wentz revenge game. <laughs> the story's I mean, too good. Nothing about the first two weeks suggests that I should move away from Wentz for Brady based on that offense or anything. And I get the stack with Dotson. So realistically, unless I can uh, find a favorable matchup or make a trade, I'll probably be rolling Wentz out again. Okay. I do think that the big swing in this matchup personally is Kamara. If he plays, I think Jay's probably got a better chance. If he doesn't, I I like myself personally, because Mark Ingram doesn't really scare me, considering he's still wearing a Texans jersey in his little headshot. <laughs> I love situations like this, though, where your quarterback is going up against his favorite team because it just maximizes the pain in either direction. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, the Wentz thing is tough for me because, like, I'm a lot of things, but I like to think I'm not hypocritical. So don't think I'm not aware of what I'm doubling down on, but it will feel fun to somehow twist the night into Justin for the whole Wentz Philly thing. Just a little side note going beyond this as a fell. Kevin had his own little Murray bowl this weekend. Uh, didn't you play Brandon in another league or no, you played Justin in another league and beat him as well. As well as yeah. Brandon. Like a drum. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin looking to go three and zero against Murray's next week and just continue the slaughter something on film you see Kevin, or what is it just the way your well, team gets up for the game? 
You know, I'll be honest. I knew they were both in Ontario this week and weren't really focused. So I, I thought I'd really put my best lineup in there and double down on week two. And hey, two and oh, it worked. Can't say it was that hard. Um, and I, <laughs> I overthought it. Uh, so I won't think too hard about next week. And we'll come back at two and one. I think you mm-hmm. can't overstate how much it just matters to show up on time sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, nothing to add. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was good. Okay, now the final two and O team. That would be me. Give your unbiased opinions. <sighs> yeah, Jalen Waddle is probably at this point one of the front runners for best pick in the draft. Lamar Jackson might be the most hypocritical thing you've ever done in the <laughs> last five minutes. <laughs> but uh, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does look pretty fucking good. <laughs> I don't know how sustainable, you know, 26 and 48 points are. Yeah, no, it's not. I will give my in-depth analysis very quickly, is that I did win twice against high-scoring opponents, which is nice to win those weeks, because at some point you will have a week where... I think the most important thing in fantasy is, to like, if you can squeak out, like, one of those, like, Mike wins last week where he won with, like, 75 points... That is so huge because it's going to happen in like the ebb and flow of the season. And those ones are so big. And likewise, if you can have a big week against your opponent's big week, that also feels nice. Even though like I'm 2-0, I don't feel nearly as good about this team as I did about my team last year. Because last year it felt it felt sustainable. <laughs> this absolutely does not. So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I've won off of the back of some gigantic weeks from Jackson Waddle and last week with Jefferson. The only other good thing is that the Kyle Pitts is still an enigma. So maybe, you know, I'm waiting out the worst part of his season. And then as my other players regress to the mean, he will start being what he potentially could be. But, I mean, I sent you that ridiculous statement from his coach, Arthur Smith. Like, we're just trying to win games. This is not fantasy football. It's like the dumbest thing ever because he's one of your best players. But anyway, yeah. I mean... There's, there's definitely something to be said for, like like you said, having a team where you you have multiple people that can just pop off. Mm-hmm. And, like, that really softens or, like, smooths out any, like, subpar weeks from other people. Like, you had Huston Hefferson put up eight points. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of teams where your star player puts up eight points and you just lose. Like, that's that's it. Um, yep. Totally. I think you have, like, like, the anti-me team. Yeah, 100%. I was just going to say that this is like not something, this is not like a draft that I normally do, this like high upside boom picks, and it is like the complete opposite of Eric's team and James's team. Mm-hmm. I think that the Kyle Pitts thing, the thing you have to be concerned about is that it's not just that he's not getting catches, like he's not getting a lot of targets. And when you have a quarterback like Marcus Mariota, he's like a one-read quarterback, two-read mm-hmm. max. So when he's not getting targets... It's not because he's not open. It's because the play wasn't designed for him. Like you do have to yep. blame coaching totally. in these situations because Marcus 100%. Mariota is looking at one guy and he's throwing to the guy that was called. That's that's like why it's absurd. The the you, we're not playing fantasy football. Comment like the you know if I were the Falcons, I would simply throw to my good players. Like it's yep. not fucking rocket science. To be fair, Drake London does look really good. Yeah, you're allowed to have two good players on your team. Like it's but they have like Cornell too. Okay. So what do you want them to do? <laughs> I mean, I watched tonight. I watched Dallas Goddard 
get catch a dump off down the sideline and run for like the slowest 20 yards <laughs> I've ever seen. And I'm like, well, if that was Kyle Pitts, he may have scored. And so why can't they just like at least get him involved that way? You know, it's just um, frustrating. And the most frustrating part is that they're 0-2. They're 0-2. And he's talking about, we're just trying to win games. Like, well, it's not working. So I don't know. Like, it's just it's baffling. That is just like going way back to the beginning. Like the old fucks in the league, you know, just um, like, this is where we're going to run the ball and our tight ends block and we kick field goals. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all I said about that. I still need to see Allen Robinson against like an actual NFL defense as opposed to a get right <laughs> game against Atlanta. They play Arizona next week, so that might not be the best judge of it. Um, and then I also don't like Jeff Wilson. I talked to you about that already. So we'll see. He's going to get a bunch of touches. If he stays healthy, he'll be fine. But you only have that because Eli got hurt. I mean, he was 18 for 84. That's pretty good. And um, also the other backup, Davis Price, got high ankle sprain. So they're running very low on running backs. Um, so right now it's kind of Jeff Wilson's. Yeah, and you're playing play Mike, do you not? Yep. Yeah. Terrific. Um, <laughs> another fun quirk about the scoring this week is that the two, like the third and fourth highest scoring teams in our league both lost. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a little pity party going on in the WhatsApp chat. Unbelievable. Eric, are you still adopting the, I don't care if I lose, you know, I'm going to go 0-3 mentality, or are you going to show some actual fight this week? I'll answer your question, uh, but not really. Um, I've adopted a new strategy for life this year, which I call not allowing fantasy football to ruin my mental health on more than one day a week, working title. (laughs) Uh, and so, like, tonight, I technically had a Monday night sweat going. Dallas Goddard has been known to put up zero. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I made a nice dinner. I had a bottle of wine. That's how I'm approaching the rest of the season. You had a whole bottle of Drink wine it? to yourself? That does not sound like your coping. I have a partner that shared the bottle of wine with me. Okay. Okay. Just clarifying. I also put some in the pasta that I made. I had to deglaze the pan okay. at one point, so... Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a nice touch. The best part of cooking with wine. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if we're just going to take flybys or drive-bys at Eric, I think uh, we've hit our uh, No, no, our let's max. keep going. Uh, drive-bys at Kevin are okay, though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, couldn't, if, you okay, couldn't dish them out, if you couldn't dish them out just as well as you take them, it I wouldn't don't. happen. Never. Kevin, quick check-in, because I think this is really what everyone wants to know. How are you feeling about the two tight ends so far? I feel great. I've had two high-scoring weeks, and I think I don't know. I like the depth of my team. That was the whole point of it was hit your uh, your singles where you can. Yeah. Okay. Wentz has obviously saved me, but I mean, it's a pickup quarterback. So yeah. Now you got to do it. Why? What are your impressions? I, no, I think so far it's worked out. So I was just wondering, just, I know we've talked about it, but you know, wanted to give the listeners a little insight into the mind of a Kevin Tate um, and how he's feeling. So, I mean, I think having, a bunch of points on your bench feels pretty good when you've got Tanya Gibson with a theoretically limited uh, lifespan as one of your like bigger mm-hmm. risks in the draft. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I don't know if I said it on here, but like part of the thinking was he's going to get a four game audition for a volume he never has had before. So if he's going to do well, there's a chance they're not just going to, you know, hand it to the rookie that's coming off a pretty serious injury, or perhaps it's not that serious. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if he keeps 
producing, I, I can't see why they would completely rein him back, especially with what they're doing with Wentz on offense. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we shall see. Mike Williams will probably have like one catch for eight yards next week and I'll be pissed off again, but that's the nature of the beast. <laughs> that needs to go on a soundboard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question just cause it's so the Russell thing is so much fun. Does, does harsh move away from Russ this week? And if Russ has another, another like middling 12 points, it has to be week four. He starts a different quarterback, right? Like, how long does he ride with Russ? I think there are a lot of very good quarterbacks on the waiver wire right now. As I'm picking half of them up to fuck with Kyle (laughs) next week. Um, Like Kevin said, it's harder than it sometimes is. Mm -hmm. I cannot fathom a situation where you convince yourself that you want to go into an 0-2 start with Russ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How the hell? So which quarterbacks are you looking at right now that you think are great on the waiver wire? I see one worth picking up and a bunch of crap, personally. What are you looking at? I mean, I don't know if I'm talking about, like, great, but I think that they're passable. I'm looking at uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. He's the one. I'm looking. Yep. I think Goff could be fine. Mm-hmm. I agree. Would you, if you were in harsh situation, would you pick up Goff and, like, start Goff this, the rest of the season over Russell Wilson? Is that something you'd consider doing? Or would you still stick with Russell Wilson? Actually, that's a great point, is that I wouldn't be... I would be looking at matchups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, wouldn't... even Jimmy G is playing uh, Denver next week. Mm-hmm. I-, I wouldn't be parting with Russ. I'd probably just park him and, and try and pick up a streaming quarterback week to week. Because, I mean, you'd, like, you'd, you'd think they'd have to figure it out. And if they mm-hmm. haven't in a few weeks, then maybe you can cut bait. But... I think he'd probably regret just straight up cutting him. I think you could get by for the next two or three weeks if you pick the right matchup. Oh, sorry. To be clear, I mean just not starting him. Like, I yeah, you don't need to drop him. But I think that mm-hmm. there's an, at least a chance that you can try streaming some quarterbacks, looking for some matchups. We've got two weeks worth of data points on defenses now. You should be at least able to call your shot a little and look at, like, we have had some just atrocious showings from defenses. In the so that's the interesting thing about Tua is that he plays Buffalo mm-hmm. next week. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's why I'm looking like I would be interested in at least doing a little bit more looking at Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. I think you can make an argument for Mariota against Seattle for how fucking bad they look this week too. Mm-hmm. Running quarterback. Goff on. Uh... Sorry, Kevin. I thought you finished your point. No, I was just going to say, like, Anthony, once you trade me for Lamar, then you can just pick up Mariota and have that in the pit stack. Like, he's got to catch a touchdown soon, right? Price went up. No chance. Goff at Minnesota. Minnesota looked pretty medium today. So, I mean, to just bring it all home, like, I think that starting Russ next week is a very brave choice. Especially, like, in a situation where if I'm 0-2, I don't want to be brave. But that's when you have to be brave. Sometimes it's not, though. Sometimes you just have to put up a good week. We've planted the seed. I hope this is in Harsh's head all week as he deliberates <laughs> on what to do with Russ. I think the question, though, is if you're, question, if you're questioning quarterback right now, like say you're uh, Harsh or maybe even Dion. Rodgers had an okay game, but like that's against the Bears and he still only had 20 points. I don't know if you want to keep rolling with Rodgers the rest of the season. You said Tua's against Buffalo this week, so you don't love starting Tua this week. But with the two receivers he's dealing with, is Tua a stash for the rest of the season as like a potential 
like high upside play going forward. I've done that in other leagues where you have like one high upside quarterback and one just like boring pick or you just stream the other one. And I think that's like a great strategy just in general. I'm, I'm not even saying mm-hmm. that he would be high upside week to week. I think there's a considerable case to be made that Tua could be like a top eight quarterback for the season. I would pick him up and play him next week. Like if they're going to get boat raced by Buffalo, like they're going to keep it closer than uh, Minnesota did tonight. Or Minnesota, whoever they were playing. Uh, Tell you right now that Tua is one of the quarterbacks that I took put a bit in to snipe from Kyle. But to keep things interesting, I'm not going to tell you how much I spent. I actually think one of the burning questions is if Harsh has the cojones to sit uh, Russ, does he change his team name because he fucking better? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's a good place to end. So good luck to everyone in uh, week three. And I'm looking forward to these caged animal matches. So (laughs) that'll be fun. And we'll see you next week.